What's going on, guys? This is Dave Holland, a.k.a. Dynasty Dorks. This is the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on Sports Gambling Podcast Network, brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has, has just added Pick'em Scorchers, where you can win 100 times. That's right. Turn $5 into $500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday, they're giving away 100 k Use promo code SGPN, Underdog Fantasy, for 100% deposit bonus up to $500. We're also brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. And don't forget, the NBA is back. So is NBA Gambling Podcast. To celebrate, we're giving away NBA Gambling Podcast hoodie. Head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com backslash NBA dog for all the details. All right. Well, we're here to talk about some trades, dynasty trades, NFL trade deadline. It's going to be October 31st, Halloween. Hopefully we see some action. We've already seen about six trades. Not really anything major so far. You know, Chase Claypool got traded, Randy Gregory, Van Jefferson. Kevin Byard got traded yesterday. That was a pretty pretty massive deal. Um, and so I got articles out. If you look it up, I, I have 10 um, candidates and predictions for the AFC, 10 candidates and predictions for the NFC. Let me know. Um, I had, already had one person that said stick to fantasy football because he was upset that I, I was trading Adam Thielen to the uh, Buffalo Bills. Um, I was I, I was like, listen, I understand Bryce Young needs somebody, but Jonathan Mingo is literally sitting on ice. All the analytics guys are going to say, get this guy out there, and you're only going to be able to trade good players, and Adam Thielen happens to be a good one. Um, Marvin Jones, he's walking away. Chris Olave, um, Derek Carr is his quarterback. It's it's uh, it was looking a little bit better, and then he just got a speeding uh, seventy in the thirty-five. No bueno, and um, yeah, there's always some news, but we're going to talk about potential free agents as potential candidates, and we're going to play matchmaker and tell you a little bit of our predictions, and then the dynasty impact. Every every trade has a reaction, and we'll see who gets impacted, good or bad. Maybe some players you should trade before it's too late or trade now while the, while the price is right. So, Brad, let's look at the current salary. I know everyone says the salary cap is a myth. To an extent, there can be some you know, accounting gymnastics, but it takes an owner that's willing to spend a lot of money and a team that's willing to be aggressive. We saw the Bills make about $3.9 million by converting – um, Deion Dawkins left tackle. Um, one of his, uh, some of his salary got Jacob. into a sign in bonus. Jacob. Hey, what's going on? So, Brad, what are, you, what are your thoughts here when you see this? Um, we kind of know who the, the buyers are and who the sellers are, but some of these buyers are got a lot of shock money. and all. Shock and all. Look at the top three names on this list with cap space. The San Francisco 49ers, the Cleveland Browns, Cincinnati Bengals, three teams that are paying a lot of high-profile players, whether you look at Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and George Kittle for the 49ers, Nick Bosa just getting his new deal. You look at the Browns uh, paying Deshaun Watson all that guaranteed money, Miles Garrett with a big contract, the signing of Okoronkwo and, and uh, um, 
Oh my gosh, I just lost it. He played for the Vikings last year. Um, Zadarius Smith, like they they bring all these guys in. The Bengals just pay Joe Burrow, and the th- those are the three teams at the top of the cap space. It's a little shocking to me. So I'll be very interested to see if any of these three teams turn themselves into buyers because of that this year with some of these guys who were on their the last year of their deal anyway, right? So they can choose to bring them in. They pay the rest of their salary this year, but don't give them a long-term deal because maybe they don't want to do that. Who knows? They've got some options though. And it does, it makes me happy as a Browns fan and it makes me very scared for anybody in the NFC not named the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. And and so you're, you're going to have to kind of craft some trades based on your situation you're, if you're one in five, you're probably going to be selling. If you're five and one, you got the potential to buy, but how much money do you have? And that really tells you, can I go bottom shelf or can I go top shelf when I'm looking for talent? Um, and, and the best part about some of these rookie deals is you can go top shelf, but you don't have to pay top dollar for some of these guys on rookie contracts. And so, yeah, the 49ers, I think there's a lot of moves, a lot of rumors that they're in for some big, high-priced, you know, Brian Burns kind of players. Um, imagine Brian Burns going to that uh, on opposite Nick Bosa would be pretty nasty. Patrick Sertain, that's who I have them getting. Um, but they could shock us all and go with, you know, a, a bigger move on offense, maybe a DeAndre Hopkins or something like that. So we're going to talk about each one of the positions. But, um, yeah, you'll see here at the bottom – if you're, you know, if you're one of these teams, the Chiefs or, or the Eagles or the Dolphins, you're going to have to make some money moves to go and, and actually create some space if you want to go and, and, and spend this, uh, this offseason. So let's look at the quarterback position. These are some free agents next year. Um, Kirk Cousins, he'd be a very difficult one to trade, especially after a big win. You know, I think that one win or, or loss – this week could really swing some things. Um, and Kirk Cousins, maybe they go and lose this week and sw- swing things back. But he looked really good. The Vikings are all pumped up. I, I don't see them selling him. Um, what are your thoughts on Kirk Cousins, Brad? No, I don't I don't see – they're not outside of the realm of, of the making the playoffs this year, uh, even with the three and four record that they're at right now. Um, you know, they had a poor start to the season. They started what were they 0 3 before they got their first win or 0 4? Like it, it was not a great start to the season for the, the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but you see, they may be starting to turn the corner a little bit. And this is without over the last two weeks, Justin Jefferson, uh, who'll be back in a few weeks as well. So I think you know, you're just seeing some a, a little bit of a learning curve, like, okay, hey, we don't have Dalvin Cook anymore. We don't have a guy that ran for 1,600 yards last year. So, yeah, the offense is changing, and we're figuring out how to work through that. And I think they're they're finally stuck. They they look good. They they clicked last night. Everything into place. You got ten tar ten uh, receptions by T.J. Hawkinson. You got two nice touchdowns from uh, uh, Jordan Addison. They had a pretty good offensive showing. It's the defense that kind of stinks right now, and they got rid of a lot of big pieces last year. And it's not really looking great for them on the defensive side. But I think if they can string a couple wins together, I just don't know that it makes sense for them to move Kirk Cousins because 
they're, they're going to be in the middle of the pack as of right now from a draft pick perspective if you project out for the season. And that's, you know, are you going to be happy with the quarterback you're getting at that point over Kirk Cousins? I wouldn't. So I, I'd be holding. I don't think they're sellers right now. So uh, I'm, a lot of these guys, like the backups, um, you know, there could be a situation where somebody gets moved just because people want insurance. You know, if I want a veteran behind a guy. I've already got somebody injured. Um, you could see a Teddy Bridgewater go get moved and maybe he doesn't go be the starter, but he's there as the backup just in case something happens. Um, Baker Mayfield might've actually played himself into maybe a contract or, or a starting gig next year. Um, Gardner Minshew, he's starting all the rest of this year. Joshua Dobbs has actually looked pretty good and he does offer you that dual threat as far as a backup quarterback and, he fits really well into today's NFL. Marcus Mariota is sitting there in Philly. He's not going anywhere. Tyrod Taylor's playing very well, very, very good at managing the game, very good at, um, at taking care of the ball. Um, and then Ryan Tannehill, he's he's injured. He might end up, you know, missing this week. We could see Will Levis or Malik Willis or both, they're saying. And so I think Tannehill is the one um, that I think because of his contract most likely would have to be cut for him to go somewhere. And I just don't know if he's playing well enough that someone's going to be, you know, showing him much interest. Um, Brad, anyone off this list that you think is someone that that should be brought up? I, I mean, the, to me, the obvious answer of somebody to talk about is Baker Mayfield from a dynasty perspective. You look at some of these other guys, I just don't know that they have dynasty value, right? Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor, Winston, Bridgewell, like none of these guys are in line to really get we've, We've had opportunities for them to get signed, and it's not happening. Baker's the only one that has. And he, while not looking great, he looks like he's a guy that can win football games for a team with with a, you know some pieces around him. You see Mike William or Mike Evans being productive. You see Chris Godwin being productive. Uh, you see the, the rookie, and I'm blanking on his name. I keep wanting to take, say Tyler Scott, but that's not right. Um, Tyson Badger. Uh, no, the rookie wide receiver for the Bucks. I want to say Tyler Smith, but that's not right. Um, uh, but either way, you're it's Trey, Trey Palmer and Kevin, Kelvin Trey Tompkins. Palmer, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, you're seeing him produce from a fantasy perspective. So I think he's a guy that could find himself as one of those journeyman type quarterbacks that you know just gets opportunity because he looks good when given it, similar to a Gardner Minshew style. Uh, of quarterback for the long term where he just falls into these starting jobs and starting opportunities every once in a while. So Baker would be the one that I would I, I would look at, but he's also going to be the most expensive out of anybody not named Kirk Cousins right now. So outside of Baker, Gardner Minshew would be the one. But since we talked a little bit about Baker Mayfield and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I want to kick into one of my favorite bets on underdog this year or this week, and that's going to be the Rashad White under 48.5 rushing yards. I'm taking that under. He has not looked good. Sub three yards per carry from a rushing perspective. And that's right. I talked about underdog because they have a way to play alongside your favorite football teams all season long. And they just introduced the Scorchers. So if you go five for five in a pick em Scorcher, you can enjoy a spicy hundred times payout. And for a limited time, Underdog is extending the first deposit bonus of up to $500. $100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy, where 10 lucky players will win $10,000 each. 
So watch along, make your picks, and make a little bit of extra cash over on Underdog's mobile app or website at underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use our promo code SGPN, and Underdog will double your first deposit of up to $500. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. So, NBA um, is also back in the celebrate. We're have giving away an NBA gambling podcast hoodie. So head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog. That's right. NBA dog, NBA D-O-G. And submit a screenshot of you playing NBA underdog using our promo code SGPN. And one random winner will get an NBA gambling podcast hoodie. If you don't have any of our hoodies, any of our gear, make sure you go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com and check out the shop. Again, go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash NBA dog. Yeah, caught the, the wife wearing a hoodie this weekend, SGPN. <laughs> nice. Uh, nice. So, so yeah, it, it's uh, a couple quarterbacks to to bring up as far as trades. Um, Case Keenum, he's a veteran. He's been talked about. Russell Wilson, I doubt he gets traded, but he's someone that they'd like to move on from, I think, um, to be able to possibly draft another quarterback. It's, you can tell by the salary cap, it's obviously easier to build around somebody. Um, and they got Jared Stidham there, who they paid $10 million to. And Stidham is, is there. He, uh, yeah, If Russell Wilson were to get benched and Stidham were to play a little bit, Stidham is a guy that could be interesting. Um, what's up, Jamie? Jamie, give us one trade that you think is going to happen. We're going to talk running backs, and Brad's got a spicy one I think you're going to like. So with the running backs, there's this – huge influx of young running back talent there's a lot of talent out there and a lot of these guys we're going to see kind of a changing of the guard and so you look right here at the free agents you got Saquon Josh Jacobs Tony Pollard Derrick Henry Austin Eckler Davin Cook monster fantasy football names and then Gus Edwards paid a little higher that's why he's higher than the list Cordero Patterson Ezekiel Elliott Devin Singletary DeAndre Swift J.K. Dobbins, Deonta Foreman, Zach Moss. The lower down the list, the cheaper their salary is right now. This is it's not my rankings or anything. This is just based on what their salary is. So, Brad, looking at this list, let's make some, some guesses. Saquon, traded or not traded? Not traded. Josh Jacobs, traded or not traded? Traded. One-year deal, $10 million, very affordable for a team that's looking to win right now. Yeah, I, I think Jacobs could go. I, I see the Ravens. I see the Rams with the injury they just recently had. Um, the Buffalo Bills is a little far-fetched because of salary, but you uh, you got the Browns is, 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 a, is someone that's out there. Uh, I think there's a lot of potential for Josh Jacobs to be moved, and I like that one a lot. Thoughts on Tony Pollard? Don't think he gets traded. No way. Not a chance. Derrick Henry. That, that team's just in too much of a try-to-win mode to let him walk. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, that, that would make no sense. And and with the win this weekend and with the way the Giants played the last couple weeks would be, um, you know, if they would have lost both those games and played like crap both those games, I could see Saquon, um, you know, being more likely traded. Yeah, get Deshaun out of town. Um, P.J. Walker's looking nice. Um, hey. But – Derrick Henry, where do we think he gets traded? Hey, look, Jamie, hear me out, man. Browns just logged Jerome Ford for two weeks. Nick Chubb's out for the season and probably longer. 
Kareem Hunt, you know as well as I do when you watch, he is he's sluggish. He's slow. He's not the same player he used to be. And then they've got Deion Jackson, who they just signed off of waivers. Go get me one of these guys. Go get me a Derrick Henry. Go get me a Josh Jacobs. Hell, go down to number 17 and give me that Zach Moss. Give me somebody that can just carry the rock. That's what I want to see. Those are three names I think could be in contention for the Cleveland Browns. I hope they're buyers after they're seeing how good this defense is and they don't let it go to waste. So bring me some Derek. Bring King Henry to Cleveland. I put it out into the ether. I threw it on Twitter just because I hope it's out there. Somebody sees it and they're like, oh, you know what? Maybe we should make a phone. Maybe we should call up the Tennessee Titans. So, so if uh, Josh Jacobs were to get traded, that would be uh, Pierre Strong. P- Jamie likes Pierre Strong. Article on him. I'm going to check that out. Uh, I, my boy Angelo Fantasy loves Pierre Strong, or at least loved him in the recruiting process. Um, but back to Derrick Henry, um, I got him going to Dallas in my article. And, and Tony Pollard is a guy you could, you could move on from. Um, not that you're going to – release him but you you could trade him right now for some decent draft capital and if they were to add somebody then that could really affect him if they added somebody that that was of value that was a threat and that derrick henry someone like that would be the obvious you know threat that i'm talking about and and i do think we've seen it with tony pollard that you know, hey, Tony Pollard's going to be really uh, – it's going to be hard for him to keep the efficiency up when the volume goes down. And a lot of people are like, nah, it's not going to happen. Well, it's happening. You know, when you're yeah. when you're having to, to pass block, when you're having to take all those fake handoffs and still get hit, those hits add up. And then you're having to be the, between the tackles guy and ca- just five more carries a game is a lot. And it's not just five more carries. It's, it's also all the other stuff. And so it's starting to weigh on them a little bit. I think they could bring somebody else in. And that offense, you know, when they put the ball in Dak's hand, he fumbles it, he throws an interception. They got to take it out of his hands and put it back in the running game. I think they, they do that. And I do think that McCarthy's job is on the line. If they don't go deep into the playoffs, I think he's going to be out. Let's move on to Austin Eckler. I don't think he gets moved. Dalvin Cook, Cook, a lot of people are saying that he's, you know, got a market or he's available. I don't think people are very interested in him. Um, I think Steven said just go to Dallas. It'd be interesting. I don't know. Um, so with uh Cordero Patterson, Cordero Patterson, I think is an interesting guy because he offers the return specialist duties. And I look at the Buffalo Bills and I look at a team that lost Naheem Hines in a freak jet ski accident this this summer. They are spreading out their return duties. They don't really have a return specialist, and they just lost Damian Harris. Could use some running back help. If they're going bargain shopping, they're going to have to go for guys at the bottom of this list. And and I'm looking at Cordero Patterson. I'm looking at Deonta Foreman, Zach Moss, those kind of guys. What do you think about any of those guys going to Buffalo, Brad? Yeah, I I think – a return of Zach Moss sounds good. I just don't see them doing that. They tried that experiment. That's where he was drafted and they let him walk. They they got rid of him. So if, if somebody's going there, I think it's somebody outside of Zach Moss. I do like the idea of Cordero Patterson, somebody who can do a couple different things for you. 
it helps your offense because not only can he run between the tackles like James Cook can, like Damian Harris could have, uh, he also provides some of that pass catching ability as well. So where when you see Damian Harris in the backfield, you're like, okay, do I really have to worry about this guy catching the ball out of the backfield? Probably not. With Cordero Patterson, you do. You have to defend both of those things. So I think that'd be a really nice, cheap fit for the Buffalo Bills. So I'm just going to talk a little bit about the young running backs behind these guys. So if you do think there's a possibility or you hear rumors that there's some potential trades going on, Eric Gray is the guy behind Saquon Barkley. Josh Jacobs, you have Zamir White. Zamir White would see a, a massive increase. You got Tajay Spears, and that's the guy that I'd like to talk about. Tajay Spears, I'm not sure what the cost would be right now. I'm thinking a second-round pick would get you Tajay Spears. He looks like he's going to be the guy next year, and he's getting more and more involved. He's the first guy that's really taken work from Derrick Henry since DeMarco Murray. And so – you have um, behind Austin Eckler, you got a bunch of guys. Nobody really stands out as far as Isaiah Spiller and Josh Joshua Kelly. They didn't do what he was out. Um, yep. Tyler Algier, obviously, with Cardell Patterson. Um, Gus Edwards, there really isn't a guy there. I think the Ravens could also be in the market for um, the running back. Um, but I Deontay saw an Foreman, article today that said that they've made some – at least some communication around a potential trade with Derrick Henry there. I hope to Jesus that they do not do that as a Cleveland Browns fan. I do not want to see him again uh, this year after playing Tennessee once already, but uh, it could be a very interesting uh, play for the Baltimore Ravens looking for a, a running back to replace or help spell Gus Edwards, who actually looked really good this week. Yeah, uh, I'm hoping Antonio Gibson gets traded just for Antonio Gibson's sake. Not even like a big Antonio Gibson guy. You just like it's just frustrating when some of these coaches don't like a player, but they like him enough to just hold him on the roster. Like yep. set him free, and if he goes and sucks somewhere else, that's on him. But like you're right. just at this point doing nobody any favors. Um, and they seem to like Rodriguez, Chris Rodriguez, who has. That he's got the most electric smile you'll ever see. It when when he was at the combine, this dude is just he just is smart, big old smile, happy guy. He's a big bruising running back, but he big, definitely good Kentucky was, uh, boy played for the Wildcats. Yep, but he's that he's that plotter. Is he yeah. much different than Brian Robinson? Really, uh, probably not. Yeah, he, he didn't. He looked pretty good this weekend. Oh, but a guy yeah. that I, I think Zach Moss has earned uh, a potential um, new spot, and I, I do think that Deonta Foreman, who you know came back and looks really good this weekend, um, but Deonta Foreman is someone that I, I'd like to bring up for sure. Yep. But uh, we definitely have to talk about Hall of Fame bets. Um, Hall of Fame's Hall of Fame bets. If you check my article out, I'll show you how to use their tools. Win bigger by betting smarter with NFL season. This NFL season with Hall of Fame bets, sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical and stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame bets revolutionary parlay optimizer tool, and it. Literally breaks down every leg, gives you the hit rate of every leg, 
as well as expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot, which players are not, which pick has the value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. So, Brad, so let me give you a yeah. real reason why you should use Hall of Fame bets. I had a plus 311,000 odds parlay this week that I missed by one. And it was Alexander Madison over 11 and a half carries. I believe he had eight, if I remember right. Um, so I put in everything in the Hall of Fame. And obviously, there's some of these that you're like, okay, I see the hit probability, but I really think the game script is going to be this, and here's what I want to do with it. Uh, had I listened to Hall of Fame bets around Alexander Madison, I would have hit a plus $311,000. Uh, it was like, a, I think, a ten leg, nine or 10-leg parlay in totality. Like, why didn't why did I go against Hall of Fame bets? They... It would have helped me win a substantial amount of money uh, on, on a on a huge parlay. So check it out if you haven't yet. It can be hugely helpful. Yeah, it, it's cool. They they literally like break down Alexander Madison, and, and Madison looked good this week. But, he did. He did. But it breaks down the stats. Like it says, like how how this guy is going against the over or things like that. Like this guy's hit the over seven times in a row. That kind of stuff. Do any of these backs go to our, you know, go to Tampa Bay? I don't know. Uh, maybe. I, um, I, yeah, I don't know I, if I Tampa Bay is really would be in the market for one though. Like, I mean, what's the, what's the the gist? Like, what are they getting out of it? I just don't know. Yeah, I, I it, we'll we'll see. I mean, they. They just activated Chase Edmonds. I, I don't. I don't think they're really expecting to do much this year. But you know, maybe somebody that really on the cheap, you know, like an AJ Dillon, something like that. Um, free agent wide receivers. Mike Evans was rumored to be on the trade block. T. Higgins was rumored to be on the trade block. Those rumors have kind of gone away as they've played better. Um, and Calvin Ridley is there. Do you think any of those top five guys get traded? Um, I, so there's two that I think could potentially Calvin Ridley has severely underperformed for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I don't know that he's doing much for that offense. I could see them trying to move on from him. Now he's a free agent. Likely they don't because there's really no benefit to them because he's gone next year. Anyway, the other one would be Marquise Brown. Uh, they traded a first round pick for him. They're, you know, I think they're going to end up being in a little bit of a rebuild. It looks like Kyler Murray likely isn't going to be back until week 10. But I I love Marquise Brown, and there's a couple spots I would love to see him go to. One is kind of obvious and not fair, but I think it'd be a great fit for him. Uh, but I do see Arizona looking at a wide receiver who's looked really good at playing the wide receiver position since he's been in Arizona uh, had some flashes when he was in Baltimore and could look to move on from him and get some draft capital or some youth out of him as well. But I think between T Higgins, Michael Pittman, Mike Evans, I, I, I don't know that those guys are moved at the trade deadline. Yeah. And Michael Pittman is kind of like Marquise Brown where he's been playing really well and there's really, 
it's hard to move your best, one of your best offensive players on a team that doesn't have any, even if you're getting draft picks, um, they could, and these teams could afford to pay these guys too. Yeah. He's getting The only one that's strapped for cash is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals and T Higgins, but they're looking a lot better. They're coming off of a bye week and I, I don't know if they move T Higgins. They just might wait for T Higgins to go to free agency next year and then take the uh, compensatory pick because they'll get a third round pick for him back or tag and trade him. They could do that. I was going to say they can't play. tag him, right? He was a first. Um, do he's they second have a, round. No, he was a second, second round. He was the so first pick of the second so round. Okay. Yeah, he like kind of like AJ Brown and Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton was the first pick of the second round. AJ AJ Green was a first round pick, and then you got yeah. um, Burrow and Higgins. Um, but yeah, I don't think any of those guys get traded. So if you're not, if you're you're listening to the show, Mike Evans, Calvin Ridley, T. Higgins, Marquise Brown, Michael Pittman, DJ Chark, um, DJ Chark, and the Carolina Panthers. Um, I don't have Adam Thielen on this list, but Adam Thielen, I believe, is a free agent next year as well. And both those guys could be on the block. They gave, they gave him a it, deal, didn't they? Is he a two-year deal? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he got a deal. And so, it. I mean, at 31 years old, Adam Thielen is not, you know, it, and it could be one of those deals that's a two-year deal that doesn't have a whole bunch of guarantees. But DJ Chark is someone that has Three years, really 25 involved. million. Yeah, he got signed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what are, what are your thoughts here on DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, Darnell Mooney? Um, I just don't see the benefit that or, – or what people are going to look at to – go to the Carolina Panthers and be like, hey, we we want to we want to see if you're interested in trading DJ Shark. Like he hasn't been healthy. He hasn't really he's had one good game this season. Uh I know he had a couple good games in Detroit last year. I just don't know that there's a market for DJ Shark. Josh Reynolds is a great piece for the Detroit Lions who look really good right now. And I know they had a disappointing game this week. I get it, but I think Josh Reynolds is a guy that Detroit looks at and says, hey, this is a great piece for where we're at right now, and we're not in the market to move any of these players that are helping our offense. So I don't think Josh Reynolds is a guy that's on the trade block right now. Yeah, and you know, for me, I think the two guys that are most likely to get traded from this list would be Darnell Mooney and K.J. Osborne. Um, K.J. Osborne, obviously the odd man out there with Jefferson and with Addison. If there were to be a market, let's say a team is looking for someone like that, yet yeah, Terrace Marshall's looking for a trade, um, those guys I think would be more likely. Um, and then, you know, Tyler Boyd, and I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, Washington, um, you know, if they were to move on from somebody, Curtis Samuel would make sense. They're not moving on from Dotson. They're not moving on from Terry McLaurin. Samuel would definitely would, would be someone that could move away. Um, what are your thoughts on Terrace Marshall? What are some spots for him, Mooney, or Osborne? Yeah, so so Terrace Marshall, I just I, I, he's another one of those guys that who's calling up the Carolina Panthers saying, "Hey, we're really interested in Terrace Marshall." Like, I, I just don't think he has a market. Now, it doesn't mean he can't get traded to another team. I just don't think he's going to go somewhere and be relevant. So he's not a guy I'm interested in trading for from a dynasty perspective at all. Uh, Mooney, I think, could have some value. We've seen him flash. We've seen him produce uh, on some really bad Chicago Bears teams. So there could be 
a suitor that Darnell Mooney could really work for. And I think one of those might be a team like the Kansas City Chiefs looking for a bargain basement player that can really play. And I think Mooney fits that mold that they're kind of used to, the smaller, undersized receiver that can can run really good routes, can get open, can create a little bit of separation, has some speed to their game. Uh, so I think Darnell Mooney fits that that bill a little bit on a team that is looking for some wide receiver help. Sky Moore not coming to fruition. Canarius Tony not able to stay healthy or getting playing time anymore. Justin Watson not really the answer. Rasheed Rice looking really good. Justin Ross just got arrested. Like what the hell's going on in the wide receiver room there? They could be buyers in the market as well. So I like Darnell Mooney getting moved. And Curtis Samuel, the, the biggest reason I worry about him sticking with Washington is they paid him a pretty lucrative contract for him as a wide receiver. I want to say he's in that 10 to $15 million a year range. And I just don't know that a team is going to be willing to pay Curtis Samuel that kind of cash. As much as I loved Curtis Samuel in his days in Carolina, and even as productive as he's been with Washington this season, with a target share that he's getting, he's just not really a guy that is helping a team all that much. So I don't know that a team is going to turn around and pay him, you know, $12, 13000000 million right now. Yeah. And so um, talking about the, you know, the, the Carolina Panthers, Jonathan Mingo, second round draft pick, fifth receiver drafted this year's draft. He's really buried. And so moving somebody like a Chark or a Thielen would, would definitely, um, you know, would definitely be something. Uh, would the Chargers make a move for a receiver? Um, didn't really think about that, but yeah, I could, I mean, I could see that. Um, I think that there's some moves they could make on defense. They really need a corner. And so in my article, I had them actually drafting, uh, drafting, trading for Jalen Johnson. And now the bears are extending him. And so I think there was a little market for him, but there are some other corners, Dante Jackson from Carolina, some other corners on the board. I think they need to shore up that defense. Um, but, you know, maybe they go for a receiver as well. On, on this list, here's my favorite for the Chargers, right? You think about Keenan Allen. He's that route-running savant. He's going to beat you with his feet, things like that. You've got Josh Palmer, who is kind of, you know, a similar type of player, but a little bit further down the field. They don't really have that speed element to the offense. If the New Orleans Saints are looking to move anybody and Rashid Shahid is actually on the block, I think I really like that option for Justin Herbert to get him the ball because that offense is going to be able to do a lot of cool things with him because of the focus that teams are going to have on Austin Eckler, the focus that teams are going to have on Keenan Allen and on Josh Palmer as well as he's playing right now. So I, I kind of really low key like Rashid Shahid to the chargers. Yeah. And so probably the biggest receiver that could be traded that is not on our board are both the receivers that are in Denver. Denver is expected to be making some moves and so are the Titans, who've already made a couple moves. What are your thoughts here about DeAndre Hopkins, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy? Obviously, with Hopkins, you have Traylon Burks that gets a little bit of a bump if he were to leave. And Marvin Mims, everybody is screaming for him to get more playing time. They would have to play him if they traded Cortland Sutton or Judy or both. So what are your thoughts there about 
Um, either or Hopkins, Judy, or Sutton go. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to me. It, it definitely looks like Denver is in the market to just kind of blow everything up. Talks of Patrick Sertan being traded, talks of both of these receivers being traded. Um, and while I get it, some of these players, there's no way I would look to move right now, right? There's no way I could build my defense around a Patrick Sertan. Like that is, that's not a player you can just replace with draft capital. Uh, Jerry, Judy, and Cortland Sutton, you can replace with draft capital. Like I, I, I agree with that. And I think they are both good enough players that in the right fit, they're they're going to be productive. I think Cortland Sutton's going to need a quarterback that's willing to just throw the ball to him, even if he's not open, because uh, he's not a guy that creates a ton of separation. Jerry Judy can or used to be able to. He doesn't look great right now. Uh, I do think it seems like some of these injuries are still kind of lingering with him because he doesn't really look like the same player right now. So maybe as he gets further and further removed from those injuries, he starts to play a little bit better. But I think both of these guys, I would be interested from a dynasty perspective in trading for, I mean, Jerry Judy because of the age uh, and Cortland Sutton because of the production that we're seeing out of him right now. But the, the price matters. Like, you're not moving a first for either of these guys right now at all. Uh, you know, would you move a second for either of those guys right now, Dave? Um, Probably not. I mean, maybe a late second, but you might have to throw me back something. Um, yeah. Really just can't, you know. And from an NFL standpoint, last year, I mean, people were willing to throw Jerry, you know, a second for Jerry Judy. But people were the, the Packers and other teams were being asked to give them a first. And yep. so, you know, a team that's been really hot and heavy in the talks with Jerry Judy, interestingly enough, is Carolina. And Carolina has Adam Thielen, who, you know, also plays the slot. And then, you know, the other team was Indy. Indianapolis has been rumored a lot with Jerry Judy. Um, where do you think a good fit for Jerry Judy would be? Oh, um, I really wouldn't hate him as a building, an additional building box piece in Houston, right? So if I think about the Houston, now, do I think the Houston Texans are buying anybody at the trade deadline? No, I don't. But if I think about what that team is and what they could really use from an offensive standpoint, they've got the tank Dell to stretch the field a little bit. They've got Nico Collins, the big alpha style wide receiver. If they add a, a guy like Jerry Judy, who's a little bit more of that route runner kind of guy. Now you have different facets to your offense. Plus you have the Damian Pierce bell cow kind of just run, not run and gun, just kind of pound the rock type of running back. So I, I think that type of player in that offense would be good. Uh, I, it's a, a pipe dream for me. Uh, you know, I really like what I'm seeing from CJ Stroud right now. And I think that that would just be an, another fun piece to see him grow with and a piece that I, it seems like that offense uh, that D'Amico Ryans and his coaching staff kind of has right now could really utilize a piece like that. Yeah, I could see uh I could definitely see a guy like a um like a like a Baltimore Ravens um making a move where Odell Beckham's not really worked out. He's not gonna be on the team next year. Rashad Bateman really has not been working out. Last week was his best week. I think it was A Flowers and Mark Andrews. And I know they're coming off of a fantastic week, but this offense really hasn't been great. I could see them. Um I could see the Detroit Lions being a team that could add a receiver. Um, you know, they, they have a Monroe St. Brown, 
They have Sam Laporta, but they're really looking for another option. Marvin Jones just walked off. Josh Reynolds is kind of a you know hit or miss journeyman. And so I, I could see them making a move. And, and Judy could be a long-term guy that plays over there. Um, but I, I actually have Hopkins going over there to play. I think Hopkins is a nice fit uh, with Amon Ross St. Brown and Sam Laporta. Gives him an, you know, and I want to say Amon Ross St. Brown isn't an alpha because he obviously is caught 14 receptions this week. But imagine somebody like a DeAndre Hopkins or Devontae Adams over there with Detroit. Um, so I think those would be some interesting fits. And any other receivers before we go to tight ends? Um, no, I, I'm going to put my last kind of stick in there for Rashid Shahid. I'd like to see him uh, in an offense that stretches the ball uh, a little bit more. And, you know, obviously the dream landing spot for a bunch of people is the Kansas City Chiefs, but I really like the idea of him with Justin Herbert, who's looking for that downfield threat right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Paul, I mean, let's not forget Palmer was a second round pick and he's, he's pretty quick. They got Darius Davis, but Davis just hasn't done much. And yep. so he's the guy, that's what they wanted from Darius Davis. That's what they yep. had from Jalen Guyton. And so Palmer, he was their stretch the field guy. And then he got kind of moved into the, the chain mover now that Mike Williams is gone. Yep. So they, they hope Quentin Johnston could do it, but it could, they, you know, that'd be a good fit there. I, I like Shahid a lot. We've talked about him before. Um, he could be somebody that could go and, you know, Buffalo could use someone like that that also has some kick return ability. Um, yeah. So there's one other guy that's not on this list that I think is interesting that we've seen have a couple really, you know, really solid weeks here as of recently on a really poor team. And that's Kendrick Bourne wide receiver for the New England Patriots. Uh, I do believe he is a free agent this year. Uh, he may not be on this list just because of salary cap. It looks like maybe they're sorted in that kind of regards um, or close to it or something like that. But I, I think Kendrick Bourne could be a guy on the move for the Patriots. You know, they're, they're not winning anything really this year. I think that he's the best player from a wide receiver perspective that they got. But he's not a young guy. I want to say he's 27, 28 years old. So uh, I think he's a guy that could get moved pre-trade deadline that could be a very good value for your squad uh, moving through this year. Yeah, and he's got some juice. He is a free agent next year. Um, looking at the Adam Thielen contract, his potential out after 2024. So it essentially is a two-year deal with a one-year option for the team. He is an $11 million cap hit next year, or a $9 million cap hit, $9.9 million, and dead cap is $11.1. This year, the cap hit's only $3.3, and the dead cap's $14. So if someone were to move to acquire him, it would only be a $3.3 cap hit this year. So um, let's move on to the tight ends before we get out of here. And speaking of the, the Patriots, Hunter Henry's on top of the list. He's somebody that could move. Mike Kosicki is also a free agent next year. What are your thoughts here about the Patriots tight ends? And if they move, I don't really think there's anybody behind them um, that it would affect. But what are your thoughts here about Henry and Kosicki? I mean, I'm not interested. If they're on my squad, maybe I can spin the narrative that, hey, they're, you know, they might be traded to a team that needs a tight end and get some volume. Or I, I don't know how you spin these two guys. Uh, but I'm not interested 
in either of them. I'm not trading for them. And if they're on my squad, I'm trying like I'm trying my damnedest to move on from them. Yeah. Um, you know, and Gerald Everett's not being traded. The Chargers are trying to win. Um, I have Hunter Henry actually being traded to the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals, Irv Smith is just not it. it every every year is Irv Smith season, and it's just not Irv Smith season. So if you are an Irv Smith truther, you are just kind of delusional that it's just, you know, the dumb and dumber, you know, so you're telling me there's a chance every year. You're talking um, like one in a hundred or more like – one in a million. Yeah. I mean, it's zero for five right now. So, um, but uh, Dalton Schultz is somebody that I don't, he's a free agent next year. I doubt they're going to move on from him. But Dalton Schultz has really proven some some doubters wrong. You know, he, he was tight end three on the year based on volume. But he's doing pretty well in Houston. I know he's still getting some volume. But he's doing it in a different system with a rookie quarterback and on a new team, which that from a dynasty standpoint gives you a little bit more confidence if he were to stay there, go somewhere else, which I think he has he might have earned a spot to stay there in Houston. But if he goes somewhere else, I think he would be, you know, he maintained some good dynasty stock. And they don't have anyone behind him that I'd be interested in or that I could see be affected if he were to get traded. Nope. Yeah, and I think his his so he is on a one year deal, right? Is all he got from yeah, that. Yeah, it was one year ten million. Yeah, one year ten million. So one year six point two five million dollars. Um, the market for him isn't you know he tested the market and that's that's the best he got. I think it makes sense for again the Houston Texans and what that offense kind of looks like. He's a good fit for what they're trying to do. Uh, and I think he's a little bit of a security blanket, you know, outside of Chuck just throwing the ball out there to Nico Collins, who's had, a, a you know, revived his career with C.J. Stroud. So I think, the you know, what you know of kind of these Kyle Shanahan disciples is the tight end does play a real uh, a real important spot, not only from a receiving option, but also a blocking option. Uh, and he, while Dalton Schultz is not like this phenomenal blocker like George Kittle, he is a very serviceable, serviceable blocker, uh, and he gives you some of that receiving upside. So I, I like Dalton Schultz to stay in Houston uh, for sure. Jamie, they got Taysom Hill. They they don't need they, they don't need a tight end there in New uh-huh. Orleans. They they got Taysom Hill. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a few other teams that we could see possibly, but I, I just don't see I don't see any the of these teams really. Really be a move, but Hunter Henry could be. It's like, the oh, you're talking runner. Hunter Henry. Sorry, I thought he was talking Derrick Henry again. For I don't uh, know, why. I mean, oh. yeah, he could yeah. be talking about. I think he's talking about Hunter Henry because he's paying attention to the show. Yeah. Brad's not, I'm um, not, I'm drinking again. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, um, we're not an IDP show, but I do want to talk a little bit about some of the moves outside of the skill positions. So, Brad. I mean, obviously, offensive linemen do affect the production for the running backs, receivers, and quarterbacks, and everything. Any offensive linemen um, that that you've you've seen any rumors about being traded? Um, Ezra Cleveland um, and uh, Garrett Bowles were the big names that I saw. Garrett Bowles, left tackle for Denver, 
Ezra Cleveland guard swing tackle for the Minnesota Vikings. I think Bowles could be someone that's moved in my article. I did move him to Seattle to uh, shore up their def- their their offensive line, and I think would unlock some things for that offense with Geno Smith um, and JSN and the boys. Yeah, it's interesting because we, you know, we had uh, a Denver beat reporter on during the offseason talking about the additions to the offensive line for the Denver Broncos. And now we're hearing rumors around the Denver Broncos possibly offloading some of their offensive line. Um, So do they look to move Garrett Bowles because he was already there? Do they look at some of the, you know, these two, you know, the two new additions to the offensive line and potentially look to move them out of town because it's just not really working out for them. Uh, It's an interesting take, but there are a couple offensive lines that need to be uh, uh, shored up for some of these teams right now. Like even the Buffalo bills right now, uh, that offensive line is not good. They, they need to look at starting to, you know, is there a hole that we can plug through free agency or through a trade to kind of help us out right now? Because, they're, with the Super Bowl aspirations that they have, they're not going to get there with the offensive line that they have right now. And it's kind of rearing its head right now. So, Yeah, and I mean, there there's very rarely bad teams with bad offensive lines, but you can find one or two nice players on some of these bad teams and maybe try to move them. Um, as far as the defensive side, the defensive line – is definitely a market that people will pay for. We've seen it. And so the two biggest defensive linemen that could be moved, Daniil Hunter from the Minnesota Vikings and Brian Burns from the Carolina Panthers. Um, as far as an IDP, you can talk to Gary, the IDP tipster. I believe it's every Thursday. He's doing his show. You can talk to him about who's going to be the guys behind them. Um, but for me, uh, and I, I believe in Minnesota, it's Patrick Jones and Yitor Grossmatos and Carolina. But Brian Burns is a big piece. I really hope the Eagles don't land him because in my luck, the Eagles get him for like a fourth round pick. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm going to go to your New York Giants, Dave. And if if I'm the Giants staff, I'm looking and trying to take my rose-colored glasses off, and I'm going to say, do we legitimately believe that we can return to the playoffs this year? Do we think that with the squad that we have and how we're playing that we can turn that corner and get there? If the answer is no, I am moving Leonard Williams. I believe you can get a massive haul for that guy right now. He's 29 years old, not old by defensive lineman standards, but – up there, right? Last year of his deal, getting paid almost $40 million, I believe, this year. Can you find a suitor that is looking for that disruptor, that guy that can do everything, stop the run, rush the passer, a little bit of everything, and call the New York Giants and say, hey, let me take this guy off your hands, because as a free agent next year, that's a that's a big piece that you're losing, quite possibly one of the biggest pieces outside of Saquon Barkley that can pull some value in uh, and and add to the future of the New York Giants. Am I crazy, Dave, for thinking that? No. I mean, if I was the GM of the Giants, I would be moving Leonard Williams and probably Adoree Jackson, um, two guys that I think you – you know, at the end of the day, 
you're going to be, you're not going to be able to send your worst players out for sale and get something in return. You're going to have to send some good players. Both those guys, they, they're a little bit older, a little bit more expensive. We have some younger pieces behind them. Plus we just paid Dexter Lawrence next to Williams. And so you, you cannot have that big of an investment with some of these other players coming up. So um, I could see the giants making a move with, you know, for Leonard Williams. Um, you know, I don't know if we get a massive return, you know, we, I don't get a first round pick for him, but if we can get a second round or third round pick for him, um, you know, that's, that's really what you're looking for when you're getting a D tackle, um, slash D end. Um, but yeah, I think he, he'd be somebody. And, uh, you know, I, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars getting, uh, Daniel Hunter. Um, they got a young defense, but they really, they need another disruptor next to Josh Allen down there. And um, Daniil Hunter is someone that he's it's a big fish. And so um, I have him or Brian Burns, I think would be potentially going to the Niners. Um, but I think the, the Jaguars could be a sneaky option for both those guys too. Yeah. Chase Young would be the only other big, you know, to me, big name free agent for the Washington commanders on a rookie deal, not getting a ton of money right now. I think he's a player that the, the commanders should be looking at and saying, okay, do we want to pay this guy and make him a staple of the, the the future of the commander's defense, or do we want to go ahead and move on from him and collect some draft capital, uh, maybe some other young players, whatever the package looks like for him. But I think he's another player that teams should be inquiring about to see if they can come get a very dynamic pass rusher when healthy. Yeah, I've heard the Miami Dolphins are looking at potentially adding somebody to the front seven. And so I don't know if they can afford one of these uh, pass rushers, but if they if they can, the pass rushers as well as the linebackers, um, you have Patrick Queen, you have Devin White, you have um, Levante David, um, and Josie Jewell are all big-time linebackers that are going to be free agents next year. And so I could see those guys going over to Miami. Yeah, I think Sweat may be a free agent also. Yeah, Are Monta, Monta, yeah Monta Sweat as well. Man, yeah. That's like both of those guys I feel like you could get a haul for. Um, yeah. Now, Sweat's and a little saw, bit – I mean, they're both young too. So maybe the commanders yeah, say, hey, you want to build defense. Jonathan, Allen's an, Jonathan Allen's another guy who you see, who see the – you seen the video? He was very upset after the game. Um, he also punched Jerron Payne in the face last year. Um, I could see him being out of town. He doesn't seem very happy there in Washington. Yeah. All right. Well, we've covered everything all the way up to the defense. I don't think we need to talk about kickers today. Brad, any parting words? No. Hey, week seven in the books, halfway point before your playoffs start. Start looking ahead. Hey, what are the matchups? What do those playoff matchups look like? And can I do some kind of one-for-one deals to set myself up for success in those playoff weeks? Also, don't forget about your trade deadline. Trade deadlines are going to start hitting. I'm in a couple leagues that have a week eight trade deadline. I absolutely hate it. Others that have week 13, week 14, which I much rather prefer. And then the other thing to look at is when do your playoffs start? 
with the additional game, I do know there are leagues out there that still have their playoffs starting in week 14. I had a redraft league that they had it set. Hey, we're not holding the playoffs when there are teams on bye weeks. You need to go change that. So 15, 16, 17 instead. So make sure that you're communicating with your commissioner if it is in week 14 still. Hey, do we really want to do this? Talk about league vote kind of deal, that that type of thing. So, so three things. Don't forget about your trade deadline. Move it if it's too early or uh, uh, if if you even want one at all, which I prefer none, to be quite honest. Uh, and I already forgot the third because it's it's late for me. And I'm ready to go to bed. Talk to your commissioners. Ah, yeah, maybe that was it. Yeah. All right. As always, good luck this season. Cheers.